Hi, my name is Sean Shaler. That is my friend Chris Ford, aka The Objective Geek. And we have something big for you today, something relatively big. And that is because it is the last two episodes of Book 3 Fire, or the original Avatar The Last Airbender series. We didn't do ratings last time. It's a four-part episode, and we already talked too much the way it is. So we decided to split it in half. And therefore, today, you got to be aware, self-aware, laugh at yourself, you know. So today is the big finale where we're going to round out the entire series and give our ratings for the whole four-part finale, which is amazing. Spoiler alert. Sorry, I should have spoiled that. And then and then on to the next thing. And it's very big. It's very exciting. Kind of sad to know that we're done with it, but whatever. It's fine. There's there's good stuff ahead. But before we get to all that, Chris, how you doing? I am doing great. Happy Avatar Netflix Eve, everyone. We're recording this the Thursday before... Will be redropped on Netflix, and so uh, yeah, it's like a little holiday for all the Avatar fans, and hopefully, it will become a new holiday for all the new Avatar fans that you know it will gather, it will gain. Avatar has been on Netflix before, maybe like seven years ago or so. Uh, Brian Kanisko mentioned that he's like, yeah, we got a lot of good, got a lot more fans from it, so I'm hoping that we'll get even more fans. And uh, people come to the podcast, check us out after they're done watching it. It seems like a good, perfect storm of where we're not all uh, trapped inside necessarily anymore, but still kind of in, in quarantine mode. We're, we're far enough removed from the TV show that you'd like to think that there's, you know, there's still going to be old fans watching it, but then also new fans stumbling across it while we're trapped in our house. And it could just, I don't know, it could just be a really perfect storm of, of, of good buildup prior to the live action series that's really cool so happy net happy happy avatar netflix eve today and then by the time (laughs) you watch this it will be happy avatar netflix day yeah um i do think like a lot has changed (laughs) since it's been on netflix the last time which was yeah like seven years ago like the the internet weirdly has changed a lot in that short amount of time i feel like twitter is like way bigger of a thing there's more communication across entire fandoms that I think really elevates uh, <clears throat> really elevates word of mouth and it's going to be even bigger. Like I, I objectively <laughs> state that this is the best show of all time. Like I say that to anybody about anything. Um, and I think more people can, uh, can start to find that out themselves. I, I get a little, a little scared of superlatives, but, but if we're talking about one show, that has like a really good combination of, of of mass appeal and the different genres that it carries inside of it, um, then yeah, I can absolutely agree that it is probably the best show of all time. Like I said not maybe not that it appeals to the most people, but just like a balance of uh, the number of people and the types of people who can watch and enjoy it and appreciate how well done it is. So yeah, it's, very 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 balanced. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, we're a pretty good example of. I would say you're a story-driven guy. Um, I'm, I'm a comedy guy. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's gonna hit you both if you, if you like the dramatic stuff, if you like the feels. If you're just a fan of stellar animation, I would say don't get the DVDs because they're a little rough around the edges sometimes. Get the get the Blu-ray. But even if you're just a fan of great, uh, great Eastern animation, oh, even there, there's a mashup of kind of Western and Eastern things going on. So. It's got everything going for it. So absolutely watch Netflix. I do think we need to distinguish this Avatar Netflix Day from live action Avatar Netflix Day. Yes. Like we need like a like this is um 
It's like the Easter and Christmas. That might be sacrilegious. Or it's like Halloween and and whatever other mediocre holiday. I don't really like a lot of holidays. I gotta be honest. What else is there? I mean, Halloween's fine. But anyway, we need a we need a distinguishing name. I got nothing. It'll come. It'll come. It'll come to us sometime during the we'll, show. We'll get to that. Yeah. You know, they might not even title the Netflix show Avatar Last Airbender. If I was them, I would title it Avatar The Legend of Aang. That way, that brand sticks. And then when, hopefully, eventually they do Korra, it's Avatar The Legend of Korra. And then they can go off and do like a whole bunch of like one-off things or other series, like Avatar The Legend of Kyoshi. And that way, that brand just kind of sticks and sticks. Also, it's called The Legend of Aang and half of the world and i i kind of like that i hadn't thought of that before i do feel like you've mentioned it but it's got a nice ring to it i you mentioned like the kiyoshi or like the legend of Korra being on there and it would that would be maybe the most interesting discussion is like how good would the first live action legend of ang have to do before they would do (laughs) Korra, given like not trying to be mean to Cora, but given Cora's actual ratings and, and television success or or somewhat lack yeah. thereof, I'd be interested well, to it's, see. Well, it's kind of hard to look at Cora's success because Cora started off really great. Um, and Nickelodeon, just, Nickelodeon did a lot of fumbling around. Um, Maybe that, some like, poor they, scheduling they choices. Um, yeah, poor scheduling choices, like a Friday night. That's not a great time uh, for any show. Almost like con- um, like in trying to pander, so I'm I'm not nearly as aware of this as you are. But just you saying Friday night, it's like, well, they're are they trying to appeal to a certain audience time or whatever, or a certain yeah, a certain audience that has grown up from Avatar: The Last Airbender. Well, guess what? That audience is not in the house during those years yeah. at that time. I will say the great thing about Cora is that Mike and Brian have said all the time about like, oh yeah, even when Nickelodeon was like playing with the scheduling and everything. And the numbers on TV weren't that great. Online numbers were like really, really big, and so I think I think that plays to how people um, view their media nowadays. And so I think uh, I think if they use those figures, they can kind of make a case can, for can present a good for, case. Can you remind me? Yeah. Did we watch all of season five online, or season excuse me, season four online? <laughs> yes, all of season four was online. Yeah, it, it, it premiered online. You know, you said that earlier about the internet changing and how Avatar has been on Netflix before. Well, when Avatar was on Netflix the first time, however many streaming services there are now that are like successful that people buy, <laughs> that is that number times as many streaming services as were successful six or seven <laughs> years ago, which which you know may may be a small negative but i would still say the widest number of people probably has either netflix or or disney plus maybe i know disney's pretty wildly successful but uh netflix still has a massive user base that is probably still greater than it was six or seven years ago so i don't think the competition is as as big of a negative as that is a positive that their viewership and membership rates have still grown absolutely in that time Everybody, I, I always said I would never get the stuff, and now I actually you legitimately, I, I legitimately pay for Hulu, Disney Plus, and, and ESPN Plus. Which, by the way, ESPN Plus really pisses me off. 
but I legitimately it's nothing that I want ever and it makes me really mad uh, and then but then like with uh, I have some access to some of your stuff access to another friend's stuff so like I have the whole the whole range of things <laughs> you have all of them. I have all of the and as I click through I hate myself I'm like Sean what have you 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 became the very thing you sought to destroy um <laughs> It's a shame, but I only pay legitimately for three of them, so I'm still rebellious in here. <laughs> so, well, that, that's probably enough tangent. Happy, uh, happy Avatar Netflix Eve. We'll call this Avatar: The Last Airbender Netflix Eve or Day by the time you watch this. And then, if Chris's bet though. holds true, which good call by the way, I like the naming structure. That'll be Avatar: Legend of Aang Netflix Day, which has a nice ring to it in its own right. But we don't care about that one yet today. Today we only care about one thing, or two things, kind of. That's Book 3, Fire, Episodes 20 and 21. This book was so good, it got an extra episode. But this first one, Episode yeah, 20... Yeah, speaking of that, they, so they originally planned out 20 episodes for the whole entire uh, year, for the whole entire season. Um, and then on the final one, like when they're doing storyboards and everything, they're like, this is a lot of story. We can't put this in one episode these last two episodes were supposed to be one episode and like we have to split it up and i think the folks in nickelodeon were like yeah that's fine whatever do that like it was crashing it at that time they're like yeah you can have the extra 20 minutes yeah they were they were very supportive which mike and brian will always sing the praises of nickelodeon i think um they'll be real about it like like they've complained before about scheduling times that they've gotten but they've been really i think adamant partners with nickelodeon on, <laughs> on a lot of stuff and at some point, Nickelodeon's, I mean, they're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. I'm sure every show has, no matter what rate of success, has similar qualms of, of ups and downs. So, uh, But it was crushing it for Nickelodeon. I'm sure they're like, yeah, make it a four-part finale. Absolutely. They're, well, in every episode, I mean, look at the previous two. We got a four-part episode. But even the previous two are just, um, they're, they're packed. They're full episodes. I'm not saying you couldn't cut out a couple minutes here or there, but I don't. I wouldn't be the one to want to pick what to get rid of by any means. Uh, sometimes it it really does. Uh, maybe they're all this way. I'm 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 exaggerating, but we mentioned a couple times last week that they flow together really, really well. They really are intertwined. It feels like one of those, like the Pokemon movie or something like that, like the big finale put in a movie form because uh, it all blends together. It's really hard to pick apart. That's a good thing, obviously. So, first one we're going to talk about, though, Into the Inferno. Uh, yeah, so Azula... Yeah, starts off with Azula, and she's she hasn't been crowned Fire Lord yet, but she's sitting on a throne, and she has a blue fire. I kind of wonder how they keep that fire. Like, I assume the Fire Lord isn't continuously bending the fire to their will. I'm guessing they got some fire guy, pyro guy, expert, and probably had to hire a new guy to get blue fire but <laughs> it's it's actually just food coloring they he couldn't Azula probably my head canon now is that he originally had red flames or whatever orange yellow flame type of colors and uh he couldn't get the blue and Azula banished him and got a new guy to do the to do the blue flames what if she started the blue flames for him and he figured out that he could sustain it and then he's like showing off to his buddies he's like look i made that and they're like, fine, do it again. Yeah, and he's like, eh. I think it's still more in person for Azula to just fire the guy. That's more Azula ish. And banish yeah. him. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Throw him off of a ship. 
Anyway, anyway she's going nuts. Uh, she's meeting with all these different people. She originally met with the Dai Li, I think. Anyway, she met with the Dai Li. Yeah, I think she banished <laughs> like, them, kind of. Yeah. Uh, she's like, what took you all so long? He's like, it's been five minutes, princess. And she's like, in five minutes, I could uh, assassin could have snuck in here. And I could have been killed. <laughs> and then he's like, sorry, princess. And she just banishes them all. And you know what? And Nobody then, liked that guy anyway, whatever his name is. So it's fine. Yeah, he's nameless daily agent. But Di- like, daily I've agent memes. number one. <laughs> yeah. I've seen memes of like Azula was right because it shows like um it shows the Earth Queen with Sahir. <laughs> if you remember that at all. But we'll get to that. Not very well, no. But just oh, one okay. more reason I'm excited to get to that stuff. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about Korra, honestly. Just because you're you're not as uh experienced with Korra as as I am. So about I about eyes... one third as experienced as I am with the Avatar show itself. So whatever <laughs> lack of knowledge I have right now, uh, you know, it, a, a lot, and then it's going to take a huge nosedive. I do think I want to try. This is a little tangential, but I'm really excited, and I want to say it now. I have a CRT over here, and a small part of me does want to turn the camera toward the CRT TV and and play as as we're talking through. The only thing that we'll have to discuss or maybe play with a bit is like, are we kind of letting the show do the talking and then we're keeping pace with it? Or is it just on in the background and we're still just doing our normal thing? But I'm really excited. I think I'll I think we'll give it a try um, and see how good the audio and video quality is. So big things coming for, with Cora. Big things. We're going to change some minds. I plan on it. That was a bad, um, that was a bad team, didn't I? <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, she she banishes Dai Li. She she banishes this one random girl who put a pit in her cherries. Um, she, yeah, she's she's flying off the hinges here. She's cutting she her own hair to... like she's in quarantine or something. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, we should make a meme on that. Ooh, uh, that would be yes. yeah good. We're almost too late. Yeah. We got to do it now. I mean, we got to do yeah, it. Right. I know, right? People are getting people are getting out there. Cutting um, cutting their hair in quarantine, <laughs> like I don't even remember if she cuts it or what, or takes an. I kind of forget, but I know it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, real quick, I like this one part where she's with um, Twee, not not Twee in Law, Lo, and whatever the other the two old ladies. Twee in Law. That's funny though. I like that. Uh, <laughs> no and... one is called Lo. Oh, Lo and Lee. Lee, yeah. Because it's yeah. like those aren't even real names, common ladies. But yeah, yeah, she's getting really mad, and she's trying to fire one and have the rest banished forever or something like that. Getting them yeah. mixed up. Um, which I love. Yeah, one of them says, like, maybe we should postpone your coronation. And she has her back turned towards them so she can't see them, but they talk. They have the same as that voice. She says, who says that? And then they both point to each other. She says, you guys will fight in the Agni Kai to the death. <laughs> maybe she doesn't say to the death. Oh, that would be surprised to the death. And she's it, like, no, like we're not firebenders. It's that I believe it. Yeah, and she's like, fine. Lo, you're banished. Lee, you can stay. But she got them mixed up, so they're unsure about which one. Should be bad. God, what a jerk! Very small. I feel like the animation. I know this is a very small scene talking about the animation, but when Azula goes like dun and dun and you're fire and you're fire, like the way she moves, I can just tell that they added. They just took I don't know more uh, time and effort with the animations episode. You know, that's just a really small moment. She just, just moves. I think a lot more human Very smooth. Very fluid. Yes. Just a test. Yeah, I think we see that all there. throughout this. Yeah, I think we see that all throughout this episode. 
Well, I would say that there's probably more detail across the board. And then I don't know when it happened, but at some point my DVDs, it's all from one set, but they actually switched to a, like a slightly wider aspect ratio and seem to be hmm. of slightly better clarity, like all one DVD set. Um, I want to say just season three. So sometime in there, we started having a shift in how we, in how we watch TVs or what the standard TV was like to, so added bonus yeah um and then and then as you mentioned before she well she starts seeing visions of her mom <laughs> she's doing her hair and she can't get it right which is the show is so freaking brilliant on how it it uses hair out of all things to tell to visually tell stories um and Zula gets all frustrated she says fine hair time for you to meet your end something threatening like that she cuts her hair <laughs> and it looks all jacked all jacked up in and the in the vision, she sees her mother saying, "You always have such beautiful hair." And, they, and she gets into this conversation with her own mom that she is imagining. Oh, I can't think of the actual word that's more so about crazy imagining. Like hallucinating. Uh, the word. Hallucinating. Yes, she's hallucinating her mother being there, and then you know. But a lot of great character stuff, I think, here. She's like, even you feared me. She's like, no, Zula, I don't, I love you. And then Zula gets mad, throws the brush at it, at the mirror, breaking it. Which, which okay, I have to bring up a, uh, an issue I have with some, some fandom. Like, some people in fandom, it's not a big issue. You know, respect everyone's pain. But a lot of people, I've seen enough people say that, like, oh, Zula had it worse than Zuko. I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> they're like, I mean, she was abused by her father. And I'm like, um, I don't think she was sure. Her father didn't love, like there are many. Like an emotional abuse. Sure. But yeah. they both emotionally abused. Exactly. Yeah. Well then it'll be, people will be like, well, even her own mom didn't love her. I'm like, mm, back up. Her mom did love her. One thing Zula, they're like, oh, her own mom called her a monster. I'm like, no. In an episode, Azula said her mother thought she thought of her as a monster, but that's through Azula's mind mindset. That's what she thinks her mother thinks of her. That's not the truth. And then also, Azula doesn't even know the truth because here, in Azula's own hallucination, her mom's telling her that she loves her. Which means that's coming out of Azula's brain. So Azula <laughs> yeah, that's knows her subconscious. That. Like, we don't know. Yeah, I don't think we have the grounds to believe that her mom is like telepathically communicating with her because at least in a television show we have nothing to suggest that. So Azula knows within her own subconscious that her mother loves her. So the only argument I'm going to give to that is that that Zuko has Iroh. Like, and we've talked about it before how like Zuko is in like a perfect storm of of circumstance to go from being a piece of crap. To, to something useful and good and, and beautiful in terms of story arc. And it's mostly because of Iroh. So if there's one argument for Azula having it worse, like, yeah, she's stuck in the castle with, you know, her asshole dad. And now her mom's gone <laughs> while Zuko gets to like go out and, and grow like a normal human should. So that that's about as close I mean, to think... an argument as I would accept. And I still wouldn't really accept it. <laughs> that's a fairly valid one. I mean, the thing is, so Azula's, mom ursa love them both i think fairly equally she probably did give more attention to zuko but that's probably because their dad just completely hated him like she told that to 
he told that to Ursa in his face. Like, I'm going to treat him like crap all the time because of you, because of what you did. It's in the comics. Um, and, and like I said before, there's many forms of, of child abuse. There's physical, you know, uh, sexual, neglect, um, other forms. Neglect is one of the most common forms of child abuse. And I'm not an expert at these at all. I just done some. <laughs> you don't practice. You some, just you're just aware. <laughs> yeah. No, I've done some. I had to done some like classes or I say, classes are strong words. Studying on this had to pass like certain I don't know, online courses to gotcha, gotcha. to volunteer at, at camps and stuff that I volunteer. Well, and also, does but, your wife is part of like the criminal justice system? Like you've seen some some sides of this happen, I'm sure. Yeah, um, but. Um, Oh, and then verbal abuse, things like that. So Zuko suffered from physical abuse. You know, he got burnt on his eye. Uh, verbal abuse, his father talked down to him all the time. And neglect. And there's different forms of neglect. There's like uh, lack of love, not providing the right resources for your kids, um, malnourishment, things like that. So Azula, I'm, she's never shown getting like physically abused. She's never shown getting any other type of those like major abuse. So then we go to neglect. She, as a Fire Nation princess, she had the best schools. She went to. She even said she went to like Fire Nation Royal Academy. Um, she, I mean, I assume she was well fed and all those things like that. The only thing is that she didn't get love, and so like I feel like one, she 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 can mark abuse as out of like one out of the three subsets of one of the major forms of abuse while Zuko can mark off like a lot of them. Yeah. Well, (laughs) all of them except for like, I'm I'm going to start. Well, yeah, I suppose as far as we know, but, um, and then even the, the Iroh argument, which I like, cause I like Iroh, but you're like, all right, we'll take all that other stuff and then compare it to like what couple of years of, of hanging out with Iroh, like a whole lifetime of Azula versus a couple good years of Zuko. Um, not much argument there in my mind. But uh, yeah, someone <laughs> I saw someone on Twitter kind of say that, and they're like, you know, tell me I'm wrong, and then I listed like why she's wrong. And it was it was a good enough conversation; it wasn't uh, bad or anything. So anyway, ooh, a little tangential there, but good stuff. I mean, uh, we got you got to get it out now because if you don't get it out now, it's gonna feel out of place later. That's that's true. True. We'll I'll be in. We'll still we'll be talking about, about Legend of Korra. <laughs> Listen, let me take you back to last series. I'm sure it'll happen. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, everyone starts really getting their all of Team Avatar. You know, they split up before this episode, and they kind of start to move in into their final fights. Um, so then there's the Agni Kai coronation. Azula is about to be crowned uh, Fire Lord. And no one is there except for the fire sages in the commentary. Brian and Mike are like, yeah, you notice no one's here because Azula just banished so many people. And she also just was like, well, I had to keep the fire sages around because someone has to crown me. (laughs) Yeah, so no one else is there. Which, this episode hasn't been posted yet, but it's kind of interesting. You know, work in our, one of our What If videos, uh, something I mentioned before, like, if... And our "What If Aang Never Disappeared" video before someone's comment, which is coming up in probably three or four weeks. question mark weeks coming up in question yeah. mark. <laughs> but in that, I mentioned like that Nikai would still happen, but Zuko 
would be surrounded by all of his loved ones while Zula would be all alone. And I think that would that's definitely what happened and this kind of reinforces that. And that would, you know, make Azula think about how how worse she is off than Zuko, how Zuko has like earned everything, and how she has nothing left. Like her own father left her here as a consolation prize to rule over the Fire Nation while he goes and conquers the world without her. A very thinly but, veiled consolation prize. Yeah. I didn't, uh, um, and I didn't notice that not everybody was there, but I picture like Fire Lord Ozai coming back in a couple of weeks being like, where is everybody? And she's like, I got mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so the Agni Kai between Azula and Zuko is magnificent, to say the least. Um, you know, I love how it is. You know, Azula says, like, fine, me and you, Agni Kai, for the, for, for the title of Fire Lord. And Katara's like, you sure about this? And Zuko's like, yeah, something's off about her. Like, I, I can't pin it down, but something's off about her. I can take her. Also, you don't have to get hurt in this case, which kind of makes me mad at Katara because she put herself completely in the way. <laughs> get out of but there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> or at least pay better attention, like, be be on your guard. Like, we've seen you mm. deflect, I believe we've seen you deflect the blue lightning and stuff, haven't we? With ice? Mm. Like a sheet of ice? Katara. Uh, sheet of water, sheet no. of ice? We've seen her deflect it? Nah. Nah. Is it fair to say we've seen her go hand-to-hand with Azula, uh, blow for yes. blow? So, at a minimum, yes. if you're going to stand there, maybe be ready. <laughs> Don't act like me on a basketball court. Pretend like you know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tremendous yeah, fight, though. It to, did end to, up like yeah, number four to, in our top moments or something like that. Great fight. Yeah, to set it up, um, Yeah, I love how Azula is like, I'm sorry I had to come to this brother. And Zuko's like, no, you're not. And then the music in this fight is just absolutely beautiful in a sense that they just toned it down they let all the fighting kind of create the sound noises in in here and it's just there's so many just subtle musical cues i think just keeps you pace it's just that and then you really just hear that fire of so amazing job like with the sound mixing and everything like this is this is upper echelon type of stuff (laughs) It reminds it's like an opposite approach is the one they took in the uh, what's the the fire the fire masters where they meet uh, where they meet the dragons and then they like they take the end music the end episode music and they just like ramp it up and that's all you can hear and it's so cool it makes you just want to put like a subwoofer under your TV it's almost like the opposite yeah. they uh, take it out of the equation it becomes really an accent but something about it just just kind of holds your attention like all your sent you're one of those where you're glued to the TV. And if somebody comes and talks to you, like your wife asks you to do something, you got to wave her off because you're, you're glued. Um, and I, I, I mean, you can point to the music being really good, but I think it's just a combination of, of, of everything. Good, good music, not a lot of dialogue, but good music, good sounds, tremendous animation, all the above. Yeah. Uh, great, great direction. Great uh, voice acting. Like, there's a moment here where, Zula realizes like they're going toe to toe with each other, but Zuko still looks 
very firm. Like he looks unshaken while Zula's just like panting. <sighs> and she looks behind her and she's like, what? She pretty much has this like, what the heck is going on type of face. Like this isn't what's supposed to happen. Like I'm going to lose. And she still tries to like dig in a little deeper. And she, she loves, she, she does this like fire jet move where she kind of skates around the place while Zuko is just fire bending kind of big, huge, pillars, columns, <laughs> walls of, of fire at her. And then she kind of circles him, and there's the, the spinneroony, the Zuko specialty move. Um, it's oh, been a while since we referenced thing. Booker T. That's a great, great drop-in. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, and then the way she falls, it's just like, like, it, she falls so dramatically. And then Zuko, of course, like, teases her, like, what, no lightning today? Scared I'll redirect it? Which is great and great. He could have he could have a... cut it off at just what no lightning today. Like that's one of those where the like just something about <laughs> it. If you you cut it off just there, and to me it seems like it's a little more cool. Sorry, really minute. I think you're, I... That... I think you're right. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. A little, little less is more. My, minor, minor, minor detail, but just like but, can, no, how cool it have been. Like the point. No this lightning today. The point from the scores. Yeah, I'm gonna dock. I'm working on it right now. I'm gonna dock it. Yeah. The smallest <laughs> of details. I just when he said "Fred, I'll redirect it." I was like, "Oh, come on, man! You, we, we got it. It's fine. Yeah. Whatever. Maybe he's maybe still, he's still learning yeah. to be a good guy. Uh, you know, it's fine." <laughs> yeah, if he would have delivered that line a little bit more on a cooler, like, "What? No lightning today? No today? Let's just." And then you yeah. just watch her like face it just boil up. Oh yeah, it gets me excited just thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. You want lightning? I'll show you lightning. And then she does the whole thing, and it goes in slow motion. You can see how her eyes is tracking. Also, like I mentioned before, Katara like <laughs> she pretty much walks. Zuka was in between, directly in between Katara and and Azula, and then she kind of she makes herself available to get. <laughs> She's like, I gotta see what's going on. Get yeah, a better angle Zuko, over here. Zuko, get out the way. I gotta see what's going on. She's like eating oh. her popcorn and stuff, just totally out of her zone. Yeah. Which, it's, it sounds like I'm we're harping on it. It's it's a, it's a minor nitpick. It is, but um, it, it's out of character for Katara, who is usually so aware and present and, and vigilant. You know, I wouldn't say that's like her greatest strength, but it's up there. Like we're talking about a very, very vigilant human. Especially around also, Azula, not, who she has a history with, like, like I'm almost not moving while I'm watching. Like, if I'm watching something like on TV that's really intense, I don't, I don't move around that much. I'm just like engaged, doing, not even aware of where. Like, yeah, I'm just stationary. Maybe if they just kept her in that one spot and didn't move her near that. Maybe and then see the Azula would have had to go like wanted and try to bend the lightning around Zuko. You know, hey, maybe she learned some tricks. Second wanted reference in two weeks. That's great. No, I, well, that's what I was trying to describe earlier. This is one of those moments where kind of, uh, I guess, maybe ironically, like we're glued in one spot and you're waiting to see what happens. And then Katara is back there wandering around. No, it's just it's just a little out of character. That's all. Yeah. It's fine. We're 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 picking nits just because we're getting and this so is, deep into the weeds of this episode. We are getting deep. Yeah, this is the this is the greatest fight in the whole series in my book. 
Maybe she's because... admiring Zuko. Maybe she's thinking I could ditch Aang and see what he's doing later. Like she's just admiring his. Uh, his you should listen. I'll, you should re-listen the commentary for this episode. It's it's really good. <laughs> uh, so, in the commentary, so in in the show, uh, Azula's about to attack uh, Katara with the lightning, and Zuko sees it. And he runs in front of it, and he he grabs it. He he redirects it. He doesn't, it still get kind of stuck in his heart, so there's still a little bit of lightning in there, but you see the lightning come out the other way. And uh, in the commentary, <laughs> Brian is like, or maybe it's Mike, they're like, man, Zuko, <laughs> Zuko jumped over the lightning for her, and Katara still didn't go out with them? What a jerk. <laughs> that's, that's an ultimate friend zone, friend zone of all time, right there. Uh, you know, like maybe they, if he would have nailed that one piece of dialogue, maybe that would have done it for her, but she just, you know. No, this this commentary, it, they say a lot about Zutara in it. <laughs> because they're like, and then they go on to say, like, you know, we've never envisioned Katara and Zuko there. You're like, and that doesn't mean that they don't mean a lot to each other. They really do. But, you know, in life, you have people that come into your life and they, they're there to teach you certain things about yourself and you learn from them. But they may not be there for other certain things. And... You know, and, and Korra, not Korra, and Katara and Aang, you know, that was, you know, they mean so much to each other. Like, she was the first one he saw out of the ice. Um, you know, she represents love for him and all of that. Um, they were just, we just never had that thought in our head about Zutara being a thing. We didn't know it was a thing until we, we saw it on the internet. But, I can believe that. Well, and especially beyond, yeah. you know, beyond what happens here. Like, can you imagine you see Zuko uh, as the Fire Lord sitting on his throne and you, like this emotional attachment of like what you've all been through together? Yeah, that can still mean tremendous amount to get to each other. But yeah. they they got a point um, though. If if the lightning yeah. if the lightning didn't didn't do it for him or for her, then nothing <laughs> nothing will. Like what? Yeah, nothing will. <laughs> if jumping in front of lightning. I got you these roses and this chocolate girl. and just took a lightning bolt for you. Is any of this yeah. is working? That doesn't do nothing. It officially puts you in the friend zone. Forever. No one the Avatar can come out of the friend zone. <laughs> Corey came out of the enemy zone into the friend zone into the into the lover zone. Cora is fat has sur- surpassed Aang. She's <laughs> She's been in and out of a few zones. Aang was always just, you know, looking at one one prize, but way to go, Korra. Uh, there's a meme of, of Zuko saying, like, up top, saying, like, man, I got shipped with every single character and Team Avatar, and underneath his core is like, that's nothing. I actually dated every member in Team Avatar. Solid accomplishment, really. I, I would say there's very few Avatars that can say that. Uh, maybe Kiyoshi. We'll find uh, out. Well, I mean, there's you know, a couple of dead know, team Avatar know. members already, so I think that ship has sailed. <laughs> um, oh gosh, okay. So yeah, so that kind of ends that half of that fight. On the other side, we have Aang versus Ozai. And this fight is fairly, really one-sided. Um, still cool, but... It's really interesting to listen to commentary on this one because in it, they're like, if you notice, Aang is not shooting directly at Ozai anywhere. Like, he's he's still stuck. He still doesn't know what to do. 
Like, not only, like, if you notice, he does that one earth bending move, and he throws, like, this big freaking cylinder, column, column, big column chunk of rock yeah. <laughs> yeah, at Ozai, but he even throws it kind of at his feet. They're like, all of Aang's attacks are, like, mostly at Ozai's feet. Um, and, of course, the lightning that Aang redirected, he did not, he, did, he didn't even put that at his feet. He put it all the way to the sky. Um, and so Aang is just completely kind of outmatched here. He's just hoping that he'll like put the fear of the Lord in him and not have to do anything. Yeah. yeah. So this half of the fight is really interesting because it's all about Aang trying to find a different way. And when we get to the second half, um, that fight is more about Aang trying not to become some like spirit of vengeance, some uh, overarching force of, of nature. Um, oh, but in the Aang versus Aang, Aang versus Ozai fight, it's still really great, even when Aang is really on the defensive. It's um, one of those. Ozai it's like just... maybe it's not a, a great fight in the traditional sense, but it's still an amazing, uh, you know, top ten caliber scene. Um, just yes, not yeah. the normal fight that we're used to. Yeah. And this is where I think Mark Hamill becomes way more Mark Hamilly. Like in past episodes, I think he. He toned down his, his Joker voice a lot because you you could honestly think that that was just I think I feel like he was speaking more with like a, an Asian influence <laughs> in the previous ones and here it's more like it's more diabolical which I think is supposed to be played up like that because Farlow Ozai he's no longer that calm demeanor Ozai that we met in in episode one of season three or in flashbacks he's like I, I'm going to kill everything like <laughs> like when he meets. Um, this comic gets people when, crazy, man. Yeah, when I love when when Aang gets there, Aang is like, "We can stop this now. Like, it's up to you." And and then Ozai's like, "After a hundred years of forefathers trying to check you down, whatever, you are here. It's truly an act of providence." Like he he almost has this. Um, this, uh, I mean, he has a god complex, definitely. Um, there's a, yeah, I can't think of the actual word or the phrase. Predetermined destiny? Pre. Pre. Uh, manifest destiny? Manifest destiny. That's what I'm looking for. Um, he kind of has this uh, feeling to it like, I am made to rule. Like, it's my destiny to, for all this to come together, for me to kill you right here and now. Um, yeah, so he pretty much he takes he's taking over the whole fight. Aang is on the defensive. Um, I think you still uh, always get the sense that like Aang is fine. Like I think it's clear enough that Aang like is isn't uh, at a hundred percent. I I think they do a good enough job of showing th- that he's not quite giving it his all, or at least not in the right head to head mindset. I guess. No, I think they, I think they do show that Aang isn't trying. His, his heart is to kill the Fire Lord, which that's the mindset you need. But I think they do show him in dire, <laughs> in dire straits. Like he, his 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 clothes get really raggeded like very quickly. Um, the scene where he's falling, he's falling like from the sky and he's getting into the into the water. He, he water bends water up to him, so it's a good catch. Um, but he looks like he's he's flailing, like he's he's not relaxed. Anywhere, anywhere throughout this fight, he's always on the defensive. 
And then even to that point, like he runs away like a kind of like a coward, honestly, when he's running from Ozai like on the water and then straight into into the into the earth and he jumps into a little ball and and Ozai is just like just firing fire fire all throughout this ball um oh i want to say before that like i love the moment where Aang like gets hit up against a rock and he does this really cool earth bending technique where he just like goes and he like kind of puts the earth all around him it's just like a little transformer yeah i dig that part yeah you can really tell he learned that learned that from Toph. Toph's um, little metal bending stunt. Yeah, it's pretty sick. Yeah. I don't really see many other earthbenders do that move. Toph does it a lot, but like even throughout Legend Core, I don't see Maybe it takes an extra element of like mental detail and control that Toph has a has a leg up on people just from that sort of seismic sense. Like can you imagine trying okay. to control everything to such fine detail? It's not like you're pushing the rocker. With, like with physical strength, that's still constant yeah, you, bending as you're moving around. So yeah. maybe just nobody yeah. is capable. Yeah, the thing about earth bending is that they can like they do have a certain a minor form of magnetism. They can like magnify the palms of the fingers to like crawl up walls. I've I've only read this in a book. <laughs> um, and so like I feel like they have like a certain sense of of being able to attract uh, earth to them well the, the think of it as like a step up from the daily with the the hands or what oh, have yeah, you too yeah. so it was like all right well you know if the average earthbender has that that kind of fine motion with sort of an uh, a false extremity and that's the average one well this top is five times as good and has the ability to sense and feel and interact with it on her <laughs> whole person yeah and it's metal so uh, it's um, sick it's a different episode yeah. a different episode I think it's in the yeah it's in the, oh no yeah, you're right yeah, yeah 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 um so yeah so Aang is in the ball and Ozai he has this scene they kind of call the seed the seed of fire where just like it, it sears and then it kind of explodes and you can hear that in the sound mixing um, which like like I said amazing job by the sound mixing people because Brian was like yeah I want instead of creating in this episodes in these episodes instead of creating just like that one noise of fire you always use just that whoosh like i want you to create different sounds <laughs> for all the different fire like a wall of fire should sound different than a fire thing like the seed of fire needs to sound different than everything but uh yeah so seed of fire and like this little bomb really that he has and he explodes the, the rock. And at that point, Aang's uh, back hits this pokey rock. And his his chakra, which was like blocked up before, uh, is kind of all unleashed at that point. And they describe it in the commentary as like, it's two things. There's chakra kind of stuck in there. But also Aang is, is mentally blocked as well because he's, like, he's just dealing with should he be the avatar or not so it's kind of two blockages here i don't think they really explored in the show that ang has a mental block i think they could have done a lot more to reinforce a lot of things they talked about in the commentary here and still amazing amazing job i just think it could have been even slightly more amazing we're already four episodes in chris man come on <laughs> <laughs> yeah really i can't stop um, thinking like even when you're talking about all the extra detail and things it, you take it out and you just watch it like a movie 
Yeah. Um, and then, so that's pretty much the this episode uh, for the Aang and Ozai fight. So then you move on to Toph, Sokka, and Suki. And I feel like there's not that much to talk about here. I, I the, forget where where each thing splits. Uh, so I don't yeah. know how much of when we get on the airship here. But when, one way or another, we will get to it. <laughs> we, I think... Um, We'll cover it all in one spot or the other because I don't remember how much goes on in which part. I feel like most of I really feel like most of their stuff happened in the first in, in this episode into the inferno. Um, so Saka, Suki, and Toph get on the airships and pretty much they just take them over one by one. Um, I love the the I love the scene with Toph and how she knocks on the door and just dun 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 dun, dun and then she. She, <laughs> it's such an amazing scene. See, she now I was thinking it door. was in the next episode, but I think you're right. I think that's here. Yeah, think she knocks over the door, immediately wraps the metal around her, like earth bends, metal, metal bends this like pipe and it takes out this one guy and then like crawls up the wall <laughs> and starts walking. And a part of you is um, like, that's kind of cute in sort of a comedy exorcist sort of way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, they said they really use a lot of um, Sifu Manny, I think is his name. The one who, Sifu Kisu did all the other bending forms, but Sifu Manny did the one specifically for Toph, the praying mantis. Uh, the the heavier guy that doesn't look like he would be a martial artist, but I'm sure would <laughs> yeah. like snap our necks while we weren't looking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, that scene is so great. And and then Toph, and the saga says, good job, Toph, take the wheel. And then Toph says, yeah, get the, let the blind girl drive the airship. <laughs> Which is comedy gold. Duff. How does she um, know that Sokka wasn't joking? I mean, he wasn't, but come on. No, Toph, the thing is, like... okay, in Toph's defense, Sokka, that's a very run-on sentence. Like, there's no pause there. Great job, Toph, take the wheel. That's, it went right into each other. And so I, I get Toph saying that. Fair. Um, Fair point. Because yeah. Sokka doesn't see uh, doesn't see her uh, I don't want to call it disability, but I suppose he doesn't see that. He just sees a person. Good for you, Sokka. But probably still a bad idea in general. Yeah. Uh, so Suki takes a wheel. Also, again, I just want to call out the beautiful animation here. Like this the way that all of their clothes and their hair flow like it's a it's a very small detail, but it just really shows like how high up there are, how windy things are. It just adds a sense of adds the cinematic sense to to this to these episodes. Um, and then as we, I think we've talked about it previously. Well, we definitely have uh, the. Is it this is the top our number four moment or whatever? Is that this episode or the next one? No. I really believe that's the next one. The that's number three moment in our list. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I'll hold on that yeah, one. Mostly, this yeah, one, mostly they this get one most over. of them taken over and maybe yeah. not to the point where where they use the one to knock out the other ones, or is that included where they use the one airship to destroy everything else? I think that's the next one. I think that leads right up okay. to our moment. Yeah. You might be right. We'll just say it does. Um, It'll work. Yes. Yeah. And then on the other side of it, 
So other fight going on is the White Lotus and taking out Ba Sing Se, which is, I just love their prep before going into Ba Sing Se. Like, all of White Lotus is there. The main four they would care about. Everyone else is nameless. But, mm-hmm. like, they all just have a time to shine. I think first, um, uh, who, who goes off first? I think it's uh, Pandal. This, no, it is Boomy because there's Bossing Say, the Order of White Lotus is here. And then I think it's Pandal that says, Here to set you free. And Iroh, Iroh, man, love this city. Iroh <laughs> goes, Only once in a hundred years can a five bending feel power like this. And just his breathing, just like you see the fire emanating and all around. It's such, such an <laughs> like, emotional moment for, for so... Iroh, too. Such yeah. such a mood. You feel it's so funny good for the guy because you know he's you know it's gonna work. Yeah, it's funny because the whole you know Iron has always talked about fire bending, beginning in the breath, and how keep your breath of fire, and this just circles back to that to all of that. Like, he's been saying that since episode one, I think, when he's training Zuko, and you know it ends with this one. Ooh, that's another meme. I need to write down all these memes. I should <laughs> I should put <laughs> or. But, um, well, yeah, and then, on yeah, Saturday he, when you're in the hospital, you got some spare time. Hold, get your <laughs> phone out. Memes. I'll probably be watching. What I'll be watching? I gotta figure that out. I think I'll be watching Tom Clancy. Yeah, with Jim from The Office. That's pretty good. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I finished I Seven it. Deadly Sins. By the way, it's okay. It's pretty solid. I think you'll like it. You won't love oh, okay. it, but I think you'll like it. <laughs> I needed something new to watch that I think that I want to fall in love with. I've been thinking about that to myself. I'm like, I need something else to fall in love with that's on right now. It's Harley Quinn for me. I've eaten that show up from beginning to end. Oh, yeah. Like, I kind of want to start the 100. I hear that's good. (laughs) And then there's just a lot of stuff that I just... I just feel like, like the only things right now that are currently on that I just stand... Like a hundred percent, my hero, academia, and I'm not sure exactly what else there is. I'm just like just just want more and more of. Um, oh, uh, maybe Demon Slayer. Yeah, Demon Slayer is a good one. Interesting. But I'm almost I'm almost tempted to just start rewatching a bunch of older anime that I love, like the Yu Hakusho. Show. Want to rewatch some Gundam Wing? But you know, man, we're getting off tangent here. It wasn't even a smooth tangent. It's, it was just like no, nah, but it's not it shows that I'm watching. It's not bad. It's better. My wife and I have been watching River Monsters with Jeremy Wade. So you know, I think <laughs> I think we could all use another TV show to fall in love with. Um, but to be fair, we're almost to the end of of this episode. At least I don't even the the White Lotus bossing say scene is too short. But I like it, did, it doesn't get enough attention. For, for how exciting that like we got three or four of our favorite characters in one spot here and it should just yeah. be a wicked lot of fun but it's it, it it's just over like that unfortunately relative at least to the other yeah, so Iroh yeah so Iroh throws this huge freaking fireball just breaking down the walls of Boxing Say now I love how Boomy I love how Boomy Earthman because he's kind of just like he drops low to the earth and he's bending all the I don't know if he's bending those three pillars those three like Platforms of rock, or there's other earthbenders. Could just be other earthbenders. I, but, I mean, I, I would have it as him, him doing it. I, you know, I don't know. I believed it. 
I think so, because it was very in unison. Um, and then how, you know, Pak Paku was holding his own, um, Pandal is doing his own thing. Just, I think we got a real good chance. We got, we, had, we got a real good opportunity to see four complete masters at their skills just working together in some really good unison, but also separately. Um, someone someone uh, recommended we do a video of the White Lotus versus the Red Lotus, and I absolutely want to do that video someday. Okay. I mean, I feel like I already got my answer, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, um, I, need, I need to brush up, but I think it sounds like yeah. an interesting episode for sure. Yeah. Uh, we might need a guess on that one. I'm not sure. I got a couple people, maybe in mind, but you know, we're just a little a ways away from that, though, right? Like we got for me for me to get yeah. to that part. We got we got a little to go. I think, I think you could use some more some more brushing up on it. So we we might it might be so. until like Korra book three. Just you know, thirty episodes away from now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just thirty weeks. 30. Just twenty twenty one. That's all. Yeah, we'll get a trailer for Avatar, The Legend of Aang, Netflix by then. It'll be awesome. It'll be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much The White Lotus Yeah, uh, I, in that episode. I think that's good enough. And, you know, anything we forgot, we can certainly pick up in the next in the next section. So, um, yes. or in the next episode, which I do like the name of this episode. It's just called Avatar Aang. So as soon as you see the name Perfect. of the episode, like, you, you know it's, what's about to go down here. This is... This is poetry here, honestly. The, the title episode, episode one, book one, is just the boy in the iceberg. That's the title of the episode. Here is Avatar Aang. There's a big difference between the boy in the iceberg and Avatar Aang. Like a lot of stuff has happened. In the way that the the previous episode, the end of the Inferno, the way that the things, it's not like everything was quite tied up perfectly, but you can see everything coming together, coming to this exact point. That makes this the perfect title, perfect episode, perfect picture. Love that picture. It's a great picture. Uh, yeah, it's it's beautiful. Yeah, so it was this. Yeah, it's this episode that that Ozai um, does the seat of fire and fire bends um, that rock open essentially, and then Aang hits the pokey rock, and all his past lives come back to represent. Well, his past lives are already there. Um, but his avatar state is has been he's reconnected to his avatar state. It's like and... he had his memory <laughs> jogged, except for it was like having your chakras jogged. <laughs> yeah, oh, gosh, it, and it's a it's poetic justice when you know Ozai comes like, "Come out, little boy," and then just then just grabs a beard. <laughs> oh, and like I, I love the I love the way he stands up. Like he stands up in such a, a matter of fact. Way, and then Ozai tries to like fire bend at him, and Aang is just looking at him, just like <laughs> I thought that was you trying to <laughs> trying to mimic Aang's airbend. Nope, <laughs> just ang- just an angry dog. That's all. It's <laughs> like I didn't know you can make those sounds, Sean. Um, you know, we usually do this on a on a Friday, so like we you know we stay up later. My wife stays up later, but now it's his bedtime. That's why we usually don't get disturbed. But now he has to go outside and bark at squirrels before bed. So we threw his game yeah. off. That's all. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> an ang airbends the the fire, or maybe fire. He deflects it, and I love how the the shot is. 
And from this point on, this is just rage mode, Aang here. Um, which, it's not even Aang. It's, it's just the Avatar state took over his body. I feel like literally every single Avatar was like, Aang, we got this, buddy. <laughs> We're taking over. Well, you talk a lot about the hair, though, but we got to go back to the beard. Just, it's funny to me to think about because I didn't think about it before. But the way Avatar uses hair, and then so we got like a bald kid grabbing a big bad, like the big baddie's beard. There's <laughs> kind of some poetry involved yeah. in that as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So at this point, oh, the the fight has changed dramatically. Ozai's now on the run. We're pretty much just the wrath of all the avatars of everything good in the world. And and so much like he he gets into the ball form the with all the four elements around him, which is just a, a beautiful beautiful image. Like it, it's hard to top it. Like sometimes, you know, in my Legend of Korra versus Aang videos, a lot of people bring up like man Aang's avatar states were way more powerful and I'll be like yeah I mean they, they were but also he wasn't in control of them um, like and he's not and, and some of them say oh he's in control in this fight and I don't have to argue it's facts that he, he's not in control in this fight like the, this is the wrath of the avatar even the creators in the commentary are like yeah Aang's not in control he's not in control of this until until he stops it himself um, but I will agree them that for the most part Aang's avatar states look more impressive than than Korra's but I think some of that is just thematic way and our also our perspective um is and also yeah again he's not in control of these avatar states we probably don't get as much uh good visual imagery out of Korra's now and I'm probably the wrong person to speak on that but probably not as well visually the thing impressive. is is that in book one she doesn't use the Avatar State all that often because she does she can't she doesn't know how to use the Avatar State. She's also has never been um she, there's never been a life threatening situation with her because Amon was smart enough not to try to kill the Avatar because he knows from his own father that if you try to do that, the Avatar goes into the Avatar State. Um and then in book two um in book two, she I think she has some great moments in the Avatar State versus um her her uncle to me although there's to me those still aren't as great here and also she doesn't use the avatar state to to win the day and then after that i feel like end of book three core use avatar state to great effect <laughs> and then after that she matured she didn't she mastered the avatar state so she didn't use it um reactionary wise and so to me they just never looked as as amazing like if I did a video over who had the most cool looking or the best feats in the Avatar State, no, they had the most cool looking Avatar State. I would definitely put Aang's above it because I have way more cooler moments of Aang in the Avatar State than Korra. Um, but that's what the story wise what they went for. As for who's stronger in the Avatar State, to me it's it's clear who's who's stronger based off of lore, and I can also base it off of other things. But feel free to disagree with me on on that stuff. Uh, it, you know, you'd honestly maybe have to pick a spot within each series even to discuss, like, instead of just this person versus that person, you know, it's like an age, you know, age 28 Kobe versus age 28 MJ or something like that. Like, you gotta give me give me more details, I guess, before I'm willing to state my case there. Yeah. 
Well, Sean, you could watch my video on Korra versus Aang. I just, I think that that Korra in the various states that we see her throughout the series, like, we're talking about a big chunk of the series where she's missing certain bending elements, big chunks of the series where she is is physically, uh, physically, like, incapacitated. Uh, Well, but then there's also parts where Aang, you know, almost died. So, I I don't know, I just... (laughs) They both grow and progress a lot through their series, yeah. so I'd have to pick a spot, I think, for each. Which, that's what I do, Sean. Anyway, not important. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's Avatar stuff. It is important. Um, yeah, so, as the creator said in the commentary, this, this fight is all about just um, Aang not wanting to to unleash be this like high spirit on top of the hill just smiting people left and right um i kind of wish they had done a better job which they did a, they did a good job they set this up really well um i think i just part of me wants them to just hit over the hit the nail over the head of like ang does not ang feels like the world needs something different ang feels like the world doesn't need power to rule the day but they need needs um mercy to rule the day and he never says that it's to me it's never it's not even that um it's not even told i think that subtly but that's what they were trying to get across it feels so. like a it feels like more of a personal choice from ang than a big picture decision like yes, I, I agree yes. with you in the sense that if that's a message yeah. they were trying to send it probably deserved a little more like beating over the head yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so that's that fight. That part of that fight so far, Aang just wrecking shot. Um, are there any like specific moments for you uh, before we get before you get to the finale of it that he that he's you know about to like smite Ozai? Was there any like specific? Ozai's still um, talking. Ozai's still talking trash up to that point. I don't remember what he says exactly, but doesn't he? Or maybe right before the end, still says something about, but you still can't kill me, or something. Maybe more so than uh, that, individual fights. Yeah, that comes. That comes after, after Aang takes control of the Avatar state. Yeah. So, uh, but but I guess more than an individual piece of the fight, that's the part that sticks with me. Is, is he's like just talking trash right up to the end, yeah. which is good because we yeah, still think... don't know either. Like he 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 has no idea, and we're not sure what Aang's gonna do. So in a weird way, he kind of his trash talking resembles our questions hmm. yeah um i think my favorite technique that ang does kind of besides the whole four elements thing wrapping around him is like he makes these bullets <laughs> of earth and they like shoot through pretty much like huge pillars and knocks them down uh, that was just really impressive and again the sound design just that it's, it's really cool it's very uh <laughs> very creative use of his past avatars experiences like you want to know like which one of you is thinking of that that's got to be a kyoshi thing right yeah it's definitely her she would she'd shoot somebody yeah sure <laughs> what if you know what would be really cool that they could have done she learned it from like... from what's his name when he uh when he like came back from the spirit world and put his hands on either side man i'm forgetting all their names oh goodness mm-hmm. But he like sends a little rock bullet through him to kill him at the very end of the book. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. But don't spoil the book. 
Uh, it's a good thing I don't remember names. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, maybe that's where she that. learned I mean, it. She's like, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Or, I mean, a spoiler alert for a book that's a year old, I guess. But well, I don't know how much books, of a spoiler it is a... if you don't remember any names whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. That person got killed. Okay. Person got killed, um, and there was a bullet kind of used. It was cool. <laughs> You know what they could have done? That would have been like full what what fans would do because fans think of like the most dramatic non story element things to do. <laughs> Which I'm guilty I'm hundred percent guilty of this. It's like if all the past avatars, you know, the way Kyoshi took over Aang's body at one time, if like each one took over in a certain time period, like one time it would just so be Kyoshi doing Yeah, like Kyoshi doing the Earth bullet thing, Roku doing the I don't think Aang did any that many moves with fire, uh, but does something with fire. Korok does the water thing that takes out like the three fire blasts that Ozai tries to send at him, and, um, and Yang Chen doing airbending Just moves. Cuts that his head off with airbending. <laughs> oh shit! I forgot. That's... Aang, I'm so oh, sorry. We were, to... we we're supposed to wait to deliver the final <laughs> blow. You wanted whose turn was it? Nameless firebender. Yeah, no, I'm gonna go ahead and yeah. <laughs> That would have been cool hey, to have, a, have the the visage of each one kind of get a moment yeah. in the line. I mean, I guess, but... like I said, I don't, I don't want this over that. I'm just saying it would have been kind of interesting. And also, we we got them in the previous episode. Yeah. Let's so call it an interesting good. idea at a bare minimum. We can we can do that. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very I think fan servicey. <laughs> don't I'm you a, see I'm all a fan, your avatars? I and, yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so other fights. White Lotus, pretty short again, like we said before. Um, I do not, love seeing John attention. I wish there was more to it, but I, I get it. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, as I mentioned before, I do love seeing John John just fire pillars, just pushing tanks back and back, and he's just like floating in the air. So dope. Um, and then Boomy takes out a bunch of tanks himself, right? And he's not even amplified by anything, he's just Boomy. And then, um, and then we end with Iroh. And you know, they mentioned in the commentary, like, should we go show Iroh really just kind of destroying stuff? But that wasn't his story. His story was burning the Fire Nation flag that's hung over the Earth Kingdom flag. And that's, um, and to me, that, that brings his story arc full circle as far as we know until we uh, see more of him in, in Legend of Korra. It is a really nice symbolic moment. Like, he's not there to destroy a city; he's there to take yeah. it over. But ironically, not as a Fire Nation soldier. So, yeah. would you? So, I was thinking about this because because they don't really have because there's like four. You know, there's four battles. Are there five battles going on right now? So there's the Aang versus Ozai, the Agni Kai happening, the airship, and the White Lotus. Um, only one of the only one of those four are actually I feel like a, a fight with personal stakes because it's Zuko versus Azula. The rest of them I feel like it's more nameless, more ideals, fighting ideals of things. Well, and um, but even then, you could argue. I mean, Zuko probably at this stage in his development, he probably wouldn't fight unless he had to. Like it, even there, it's kind of a political thing. Like I'm, I got to be Azula. And mm-hmm. and be the fi- so, could maybe make a case that all four of them are kind of 
greater idealism. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking, like, all right, how can... And how, how would the White Lotus fight be more personal? I was I was thinking, like, oh, you can have fighting soldiers and Dai Li soldiers, because there's still a bunch of Dai Li agents there. Um, Azula only took, like, a dozen or so. There's still hundreds of them at the capital, so wouldn't they be fighting against the Fire Nation? It would be pretty poetic if Iroh is fighting against Dai Li, like a, a swarm of Dai Li agents, and it's it's a reversal of his siege at Bossing Say. Like now he's here fighting Earth Kingdom uh, soldiers to free the Earth Kingdom, while before he would be fighting Earth Kingdom soldiers to take over them. I mean, there's there's enough poetic justice going on, poetic symmetry and stuff going on here that you probably don't need that, but it will just make oh, this fight feel. Uh, a little more personal. It's not needed. Again, we'll chop that up in the interesting ideas column. Uh, I like that a lot. I like the idea, just a reminder that the Daily are still around. Um, they're kind of overlooked here, but again, we're we're talking such a small portion of the larger episode that, like, hey, maybe if they had more time, it could have even been on the slate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, that ends. Um, yeah, really great end to Iroh's story there. They take out so the fire, like a fire, a small fire nation, uh, like armada or, or 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 group, if you will, and then Iroh burns a flag, and then you're welcome, and that's bad. Yeah. Um, next up, Katara is trying to heal Zuko, and because you know Zuko is not feeling good, he didn't redirect all the lightning, so he's still kind of about to die. And I love. I love this fight a lot because this fight, I think you really don't know what's going to happen. Azula they could, is... They could die. They could be the expendable <laughs> characters in all this. Yeah, Azula... Is, her firebending was already great, but now it's tenfold, and Katara only has waterbending. <laughs> now, this should be an easy fight, and great character stuff with Azula here, great voice acting by Great Delisle. You know, she's like... I think our, pers- our family physician should look after Zuko. And then <laughs> it, it just feeds into that whole family dynamic of it all. Um, and eventually, Katara... Oh, one moment that I really love that Azula does. She's like laying sort of on a roof. And the way she bends the lightning is just so freaking natural. She, uh, so natural, but so unhinged. And you can just tell just how far down this path Azula's going. Oh, and this feels, it feels very hat. off the cuff, like she's inventing new moves as she goes, and not that, not in the way that that's a bad thing, but reckless, I suppose. Yeah, and a freaking way that she laughs when she's like chasing after Katara, she's like, <laughs> like she she's freaking lost it. And that's such a beautiful. That's like present in all of Gray Delisle's uh, voice acting is a manic. Yeah, yeah. You There's hear the always some kind of manic, one. insane laugh in there. Yeah. That's probably that's like half definitely. her pitch. So like, all right, evil, <laughs> bad girl. She's like, this is easy. Like, do you want me, she's like, you want me to do this in my sleep or what? Or what? <laughs> Can I just send you the tape? Is that how this goes? Yeah. Just, just put, just, in, just cut and paste fairly odd parents into this moment here. <laughs> That's a very similar laugh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then the fight ends with Katara, like, 
seeing the little moat thing, and she, she pretty much. I love how she sets it up. <laughs> right? It's, it's kind of like like you're a puncher, right? You, you throw you throw a left just so you can set up the right. Mm-hmm. Right? She 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 water bends like all the streams at, at Azula, and then she puts herself right underneath the moat, and right as Azula is about to lightning bend at her face, she puts up an ice wall encapsulating both of them. It's it's be- so beautiful, and then she steams herself and walks around and chains up Azula, and yeah, great. Katara is two for two against Azula, like even full fledged crazy Azula. When she, it's just proof that when she's paying attention, she's very, <laughs> maybe the most capable waterbender on earth when when she's watching. <laughs> yeah. Or when she's uh, not watching too close, you, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. I mean, in her in, in her defense, right? Azula has shown before to be cunning, yes, but also to be like above a step ahead, always of the fight, kind of. Yeah, and also, I mean, she thought that the fight was contained to just them two. Um, so yeah, it's a minor minor gripe. Um, but man, this ending here is so fantastic. It's you know she goes she heals <laughs> she heals Zuko. <laughs> I'm still laughing because of the commentary from Mike and Brian because they're I would say they're not anti Zutara but they're not they don't you know they don't they, they shipped it they, they would have it they didn't do it it's not canon so <laughs> yeah, they, they could be <laughs> they could even be quote unquote pro but like that wasn't the intention it wasn't the it wasn't what was done yeah they're just happy um, people are engaged they probably don't yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah I so actually, I, I would like to chip in real quick too about the fire and water thing though it kind of makes me think of it makes me think a lot of pokemon that like Azula, even at like max power, but it's like, all right, we get the disadvantage when you get the bad paper, scissors, rock thing, and your Squirtle comes up on that Charizard. Like, I'm still taking the Squirtle. <laughs> That's all it could make me think of is like, she's she's still not playing the strategy card right, but. Uh, that's the unhinged part, just assuming that the extra power is going to be what she needs to. to get yeah. back at Katara this time. Yeah. Um. The, the, uh, the amazing moment is after Katara heals Suko, you know, when they say thank you, whatever, and and Mike and Brian, sorry, I'm not getting to the amazing part yet. Anyway, Mike and Brian mentioned commentary like, yeah, this is kind of the finale of, of their story here, right? Katara, um, Katara heals Suko, and then Suko says, thank you, Katara, and Katara says, I should be the one thanking you. Like, that's kind of the finale of their story they don't have any more growth together <laughs> kind of after after that that's um, a good spot to end on though it hits you in the hits you right in the fields yeah um and you know the way they get up like the way they look at azula azula is just like crying right not not that she and the way she's breathing fire just <sighs> and then like you see the water besides her um uh, dissipate or or get dissipate dissipate mm-hmm. <laughs> and everything because she's breathing fire on it uh, so so good like yeah we mentioned Game of Thrones before and how 
Avatar showed you how to take a sane conqueror and turn them crazy by the end of it. Like how Game of Thrones didn't didn't do that with another uh, dragon esque character. <laughs> but this is um, uh, now. To be fair, this only had to had to do three seasons. You know, trying to I'll, I'll try it out over eight seasons or whatever. I'm sure it has its has turtles, but this is I definitely mean, the worst. Like... This is definitely the more satisfying, <laughs> insane uh, supreme overlord. The thing uh, is, they, they did it. Loop. To me, they did it in in the same amount of time, right? It was episode fourteen or episode fifteen. Azula was perfectly fine. She was she was Azula, <laughs> and now we're in episode twenty one. Now, well, I mean, she's she's fell down from that point, and they did it. They did it beautifully. While in Game of Thrones, I mean, they had they built in that Daenerys can be. Uh, can be vengeful. She 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 doesn't mind killing people all the time, but she was still always like fair, and, until they probably had the same amount of time. Tried to be. Oh, it was probably. I mean, when she killed the Tarleys, to me, I was probably fine with her killing Tarleys. Like kill, she killed the the men of Marine slavers of Marine. Mm-hmm. She gave them a chance to try diplomacy. They didn't go with it, so she killed them. Whatever, that's fair. Um, the Tarleys wouldn't bend the knee to her. Well, what do you do? <laughs> uh, that that's fair. And she's up on the dragon. She's like, my hands are tied. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's fair within the rules of that universe. <laughs> that's um, pretty reasonable. Right. Yeah, but here she's like, oh, the bells are rung. They they're surrendering. Mm, I'm gonna kill them. <laughs> that's that's not fair. Um, and there's there's no good transition into that. While Azula has a really great transition into madness. That is totally fair. I'm going to use this opportunity to sing a general praise of Avatar um, as opposed to like every other show ever. With Avatar, you get the whole framework of the lore really, really early. But some of those other shows, and I'm using Game of Thrones as a scapegoat here, one thing that I didn't like is, like, the their creator's willingness to just... or And maybe it's George Martin's fault. Their, the willingness just to, like, create brand new big groups of extremely OP people that we didn't hear about until the time when <laughs> it was convenient. Uh, yeah, but that's yeah, that's not that just Game point. of Thrones. That is... that's You could name off a hundred shows, I'm sure, with your experience, if you thought about it that way. It's like, oh, yeah, they just did it when it was ready or when the time was like no avatar you know what the stakes and the framework are when you go and he's like we got four nations and and this is who they are and this is what's at stake and we get to explore them all really early in the show um for at least to some extent so that's probably another thing avatar does better than almost any television show out there yeah really good point um yeah so like Katara and Zuko, they don't they don't have this very hurrah hurrah yay we won the day type of deal. They have the like oh man, Azula's not good. Like we're we're sorry for you. Like this is how it had to end. Uh, it's a really great finale there between uh Zuko and and uh his sister Azula. Alright, so getting back to the Aang versus Ozai fight. <laughs> oh, Aang is just annihilating Ozai. 
and it finally gets to that point of the I love this moment <laughs> like all the avatars are channeling through Aang Fire Lord Ozai you and your forefathers have disturbed the balance of this world for far too long now you must pay the ultimate price like if you think that's Aang talking there I, I don't see how you do think that's Aang to me that is that's not something Aang would, would say it's not his that's language <laughs> yeah that is something that that that's like the average thing the thing the average avatar would say if if you had to put a consensus out there of all the avatars they're like oh you know what should we say this should we say this yeah this here like Let's they almost honest, feel even, like this even Roku like even Roku wouldn't say that's probably like Yang Chen leaning into Kyoshi's ear and she's like hey what do you think of this and Kyoshi's like oh I like that and then they're like all right, let's go with this. <laughs> Everybody else will. Everyone else will jump in yeah. when they hear how cool it is. Let's 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 bring up their past offenses and then tell them their punishment for it. And then no, no, that's too strong. That's too strong. Yeah. No, I. That's that's a. But no, I agree. It's definitely not Aang's language, or even his like tone, tone or or dynamic voice mechanisms or anything. That's that's straight up past avatars. Yeah, um, and I do. All right. So when you first watched this, were you like, "Yes, kill the av- kill the Fire oh. Lord"? Or oh yeah, and I thought he was. When I always thought that since Yang Chen said it was okay, that that's kind of what was gonna sort of turn the tide. And so I don't know yeah. if I thought it was gonna happen, but I wanted it to. I was like, "Yang Chen said it's cool," um, and she's <laughs> not because I didn't even respect Yang Chen the way that we do now. Like we hadn't had those conversations back then. Um, yeah. But in my mind, it's like that's another Airbender saying it's the right thing to do, and I didn't even have a full understanding of Yang Chen, but I remember thinking, it seems like the right thing to do uh, in Aang's balance. So I won't say thought it was going to happen, but I'd say wanted it to happen for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Um, I was perfectly fine with Aang about to kill, kill the Fire Lord, whether he's in control of the Avatar State or not. Um, I, I don't know what would happen. Maybe that's a conversation for another day. Like, what if Aang did kill Fire Lord Ozai? Um, what if he wasn't able to stop? Yeah, what if he didn't, wasn't able to control the after state? Um, but here he is, and oh, one small note, he does the same move where it's like a, a a strike, like back in episode one of book two, book two, the Avatar state, like he's having these visions of him being this mega powerful avatar smiting people right he does the same move when he's like imagining him being koizilla um the ocean spirit and he does the same move here where it's kind of just like like it's a kung fu move or whatever move i don't kung fu. a water a water slash of some type yeah it's it's some type it's a very smite motion (laughs) um and, and and like i said before you know they they talked about how this fight is about Aang not wanting to become that that avatar spirit of, of vengeance, just just laying waste to people, just smiting people left and right. Um, and Aang stops it. He says, "No, not like this." <laughs> the um, what if which... the what if Aang had killed him episode is going to amount to like <laughs> he kills him and then just lives in like regretful depression for the rest of his life and it ruins his relationship and his marriage and he's just like a fat <laughs> middle-aged guy sitting in his basement eating Doritos like what if Katara I had... leaves Katara <laughs> leaves him for the for, for now more for Zuko. 
<laughs> it's just like, what if I had killed a man? <laughs> okay, sorry. Zuko's reaping all the Zuko's reaping all, reaping all the benefits. Yes, I got I got the Avatar to kill my father. I'm now on the throne, and I have Katara. <laughs> Deep down inside, he's secretly still evil. Okay, uh, this is like, this, <laughs> is, this is all been a plan all along. Oh my god, this is brilliant. That's definitely that's definitely one of those filler what if episodes of the future. Then for sure, I'll uh, I'll draw some Aang imagery. Uh, sort of a side note, but is important is there. I can hear a, a storm rolling in pretty heavy, and so like if everything goes blank and goes crazy, uh, I will turn my computer back on if my room's not uh, fried up to pieces. I'll call you back, but uh, just just a heads up. If I disappear, that's why. Okay. Um. So on. So Aang says, "No, not like this." And and yeah. And uh, Ozai says, "Even with all the power in the world, you are still weak." And which is great. Uh, great voice acting by Mark Hamill there. And probably my and, favorite, as we alluded to earlier, like he's still he's lost and he's still talking <laughs> shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm pretty sure he could still beat you up right now, Ozai. Like he's like he might, still he might not back. kill you, but he can like just beat you half to death yeah. for sure. You know? Um, and uh, one thing, and so Ang does a really cool move where he he senses him with a seismic sense which is great and then he you know kicks up the one triangle pillar of earth comes around him and tries outside tries to firebend him he takes his arm on that one and gets him and then he just lowers him down i love how he lowers him down to his level and then he does the the uh the energy bending and really interesting so in the commentary they talked about how Aang could have killed the Fire Lord by energy bending him which for some reason I never caught before in all my times of of watching and listening to the commentary but like yeah he just chose to take his bending from him but he could have killed him if he wanted to (laughs) it's a defibrillator he could have turned it up a little too hot and uh... yeah uh, and uh, you know, there's a really cool. They don't dwell on it too long, but I kind of like the really cool dichotomy of uh, I forget how they word it. Something about like you got to be pure of heart and have the right reasons to want to do it, or it'll consume you as well. So it, there's still like an element of unknown and danger, and they show the really yes. cool black and forth of uh, uh, I think I just said black and forth, back and forth of blue and red um, going head to head, and it looks like it's about to overtake. So it's it's neat that there's still kind of an element of uncertainty for a few yeah. seconds at least. Yeah, and then they flash back real quickly back to Lion Turtle, and he says the great thing about like in the era before the Avatar, we've been not the elements, but the energy within ourselves. And he goes on to say like, I always don't remember it. I always grab it from somewhere, um, have it in the core book, and we've mentioned it before. Anyway, darkness. <laughs> yields to the light stuff like that and how you have to be truly incorruptible to bend another person's energy yeah, i said pure of heart but i think it's truly incorruptible and then yeah darkness. to me that seemed like you don't even have to be pure of heart it's just like you just got to be yeah incorruptible uh, so i went way too disney with that for a second <laughs> and then it's like i think yeah. it's darkness always yields to light like there's more to it but i think that's like the the, the punchline there at the end is darkness always yields to light 
Yeah, great. A, it's a great a lion quote. Turtle, and when a lion turtle tells my, you, you listen. My book here to to read it, but we said it in the previous episode anyway. We did. We, we, yeah. So just go back um, and listen to that two-hour episode to get to the five-second quote. <laughs> Tell us what you think. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So then Ang, yeah, Ang takes away his bending and he gets up. And he's like, oh, "What did you do to me?" And he's like, "I took away your bending." Pretty much, you're like you're no longer threatening anyone. And the music comes in. It's so good. Jeremy Zuckerman just knocked out of the park in, in this episode specifically. I mean, not to park all, all the time, really. Um, for for this time when I watched it, I felt my cheeks at this part like get oddly flushed with a, I guess in a feeling that I could only describe as pride. Like I was proud of yeah. proud of Aang. And then I'm like I'm proud of a cartoon character right now. But just like a weird flushed cheek, rose rosy cheeks feeling. Yeah, definitely. What you um, yeah, this is when this is moment when Aang truly becomes like the the Avatar. You know, he he's he's able to to lock into. He's able to one thing stop the Avatar state. Before before that, Katara was the only thing that ever stopped the Avatar state. Um, and now he's 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 become a fully realized Avatar, and and there's still like a bunch of stuff burning around him. And you see him, like, see it all burns, and then he goes to the Avatar State. And you can tell he mastered it this time because his eyes just glow for a second. You know, Mike and Brian said before that the Avatar State is really only as strong as it ever needs to be. And, you know, you just get the energy you need, and then you, you, you got it, and then you come out of the Avatar State, and then you use it. Uh, while before, Aang is always just stuck in the Avatar State. Um, yeah, and then he he does this one gentle motion to raise all the, the sea waters and take out the fires, and then he takes them back uh, down. Yeah, and we're then, in the middle. Yeah, uh, this whole fight taking place kind of in the middle of raised or being raised um, Earth Kingdom. I guess not actively being raised, but still all those fires going on. Yeah, I really like that those Earth pillars wherever that that fight scene takes place. If they had a name for it, I didn't catch it, but. Yeah, those mirror uh, that that those earth pillars kind of mirror the opening. You know, when Aang is is on like the rocks mm-hmm. and stuff, it's like dum, 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 in that one episode that we hate the serpents or not the serpents pass the <laughs> the Great Divide. That one's got some weird earth pillars in it. No, I'm just trying to think uh, of an excuse yeah. to talk about that episode. Oh, okay. So that's kind of the the climax. We should have the- named our podcast the Great Divide. And maybe it will just be oh. about like us. <laughs> That's the smartest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, but That's the me, most intelligent thing that has ever been stated on this podcast. Uh, and to, to be that... fair, the mere fact that like a we have pretty different opinions a lot of time, not most of the time, but a lot of the time. It doesn't hurt that you're black and I'm white. There's a lot of places we could have gone with naming schemes. The Great Divide, that's... Wow, that's powerful. I have to look up what originally ideas you wanted to name it. I think I came up with Avatar The Last Podcasters. Yeah, uh... I wasn't a huge fan of anything I had come up with, but I am a huge fan of the brainstorming process in general, so I like to throw out all manner of crap and and see what sticks, but the last... Can we, we'll just change it. It's no big deal. Whatever. 
I mean, welcome. This is an episode of the Great Divide. The only thing that like will actively get mad at you for changing it is Facebook page will think that you've like used one name to attract a bunch of people, and then you change names <laughs> and topics and try to sell people stuff or something. Uh, but like everything yeah. else, we can we can change it. Be great. Ah, I'm gonna lose sleep over that. Whatever. Different. Different podcast for a different day, I guess. Uh, <laughs> screw it. <laughs> um, anyway, climax the, climax happened. Now we're on to like peaceful, peaceful, happy aftermath. epilogue epilogue stuff. Yeah, and I th- so, I think we're in Bossing say first. I think we're back in the tea shop first. Uh, no, we end there. We go to the Financial Royal Palace. Right, like the next scene is pretty much Zuko. Well, Toph, Sokka, and Suki meet with. Um... Oh, we didn't even talk about one of. We didn't wait. We didn't talk about the airship. No, Armada. we didn't. We, we oh. went Avatar State, and we were so psyched for for Aang. Okay, let's let's yeah. plug. We got to plug that because had a top. It had a top ten moment. So yes, during the other fights, during the four fights that are going on. Is when they, uh, Suki and, gosh, I'm scared of Suki, Toff, and Sokka are on one airship that they have overtaken. They look down the row. They essentially see a string of, what is there, like nine other airships? Ten yeah, other airships? Like something like that. And so, um, I forget the order in which it happens. But at some point, uh, at some point, Suki goes off to take control of that airship. And then Toph and Sokka get into that really cool, uh, like, corny action movie sequence where they're fighting off all the firebenders, and now they're, like, literally hanging off, like, a wing on one of these airships and about to fall off. And they're hanging on to each other, and then I forget the sequence of what happens, so you'll have to chime in here. But... (laughs) Yeah, so... So there, there's, like, all these Fire Nation guards about... No, there's two Fire Nation guards inside of them about to firebend at them. Sokka takes out his boomerang, takes one out, and then takes the sword, and he cuts the freaking thing with his with a sword, and his space sword goes and gets lost. And then all these Fire Nation soldiers surround him, essentially, and they're all about to they're all ready to firebend at him. And Toph is dangling from Sokka's hand, like just by the finger grips. And and you can imagine how freaking heart hurtful this is pain this is on Sokka. <laughs> Because one thing he has like a broken leg, and also he just landed like back first, about two stories. Yeah, they dropped from this. the airship that Suki was on to the airship below them to get onto a different airship. I think. Of that uh, right. No, no, they after so they were together with Suki on an airship. That airship crashed into another one. It broke. Suki went off, and then they were on top of an airship. Firebending soldiers about to get him. Sokka then grabs Toph, and he goes down the airship. He takes his sword into the side of it and he's falling with his sword uh, still in hand but it's his sword is like in the airship going through the the airship as he falls and then that's when they fall onto the pillar thing and then his sword gets like stuck lodged in there and that's when he he kicks up his sword he throws a boomerang he grabs his sword up the air then throws at the other side and that's when the other fire nature soldiers come and are ready to fire bend at them and this moment's so great because you have two very comedic characters who are not making this funny at all. They're very serious. They're like, Toph's like, 
Saga Scrimmage Night, I think this is the end off. Like, that moment uh, gets to me all the time because these are two freaking me characters who are like, we we, we Com- did what we were supposed to do. For once, and comedy is not the, not the answer to your questions here. Yeah. Like, we, we're about to die, but I, for some reason, I get the sense of like, we're about to die, but I'm, I wouldn't be happier dying with anyone else than with you and doing what we're doing. Um, oh gosh, that sounds very talk. <laughs> but um, the nothing gets talk fans. That's fine. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the podcast yeah. where we talk and shit then, on other people's. <laughs> no, no. And then new podcast named Talking Ship. Ooh, yeah. Gosh, coming up with good podcast names left and right. <laughs> um, <laughs> then, and Toph is crying. Like, she's, she feels like they both feel like they're about to die. And then I know where Suki comes in and saves them. And that's essentially the end of, of their story. Yeah, because all the, cause I think that was like the last airship that needed to be taken out. Because yeah, um, that's at the end of her rampage where she takes the one airship like through the other nine or what have you. Oh, no, together... Together they take it through the other nine because Toph bends like the rudders in one, and then she gets trapped on another one. She just happens to grab one that wasn't that they didn't completely take out. And then that's where they're hanging out right now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, it's it's a yeah. messy sequence that we're that or that I'm not doing justice, but um, in general <laughs> is one of the cooler. Even in this episode, it was, stands out as one of the cooler action sequences, and it's very full and, and detailed. So, yeah, it was number three on our list of the top moments from Avatar: The Last Airbender. I know it got a little hate, but I'd still keep it in the top five. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it really got hate. I think some people were surprised by it. By getting that far, yeah, I I, I wouldn't change it out of top five for sure. I might bump it, but um, okay. So, uh, with apologies for story jumping. Um, all that happened, and then they safely <laughs> made it back to Earth, thankfully. And so now we're going to jump back ahead to Royal Fire Nation Palace, where Zuko is officially the the Fire Nation, <laughs> I almost said overlord. <laughs> he's, he's not an overlord. It's great, actually. And there's no yeah. Phoenix King. Originally, originally in the script, originally in the script, they didn't have this short little moment between Aang and Zuko. And then they're like, wait a minute. Aang hasn't said a word in the past like five minutes. <laughs> like after he defeats Ozai, he doesn't say anything. So we kind of need him to just have this moment. And they're really glad that they got this moment between Zuko and Aang. One, I think it's a beautiful moment because it brings their whole stories together, you know, full circle. And they say it like, man, I can't believe a year ago I was stuck in a block of ice. And Zuko's like, I can't believe a year ago my mission was to, to capture you. <laughs> Ah, uh, beautiful storytelling. I, I'm, I can't imagine that it would have felt quite the same or that we'd have got the same closure if they hadn't added that in. I mean, it yeah. would have been fine. Yeah. You know, you don't know what you don't know, but yeah, I'm glad it made it. And I, yeah, and I love how Zuko then goes out, they crown him, and he says, um, pretty much like, the, he says, this is the end. Today, the, this war ends. And he pretty much gives a promise to restore the honor of the Fire Nation. And he says, no, I'm not the hero the Avatar is. Like, very humble of Zuko. Um, and then they get this little moment of Katara looking at Aang, like, oh, yeah, I'm finally ready to 
the war is over now. I'm finally ready to to uh, look out and, and see Aang as a as the, her lover. This, Not lover. That sounds way too. Those, those come as hither, her boyfriend. Those come hither eyes. <laughs> yeah. Um. So then, then that's the end of that. Oh, one moment. I really love. Absolutely love the moment of Sokka and Katara reuniting with their dad. And I love when he's just like, I heard what you two did, and I am so proud of you. Your mother will be proud too. Just great stuff there. And then All right, we and get to uh, get back to the little tea shop in Ba Sing Se. Yeah, get back to the tea shop in Ba Sing Se that Iroh owns. That I don't know why they will let a former war uh, warmonger <laughs> who. Uh, Took down their walls now, and responsible for killing a lot. It's me. I'll be like, thank, thank you, but please leave. Thank you. Don't come back. <laughs> yeah, he's under an <laughs> alias. He's under. The, he's, they only knew him as the Dragon of the West. Now he's Iroh. Yeah. <laughs> it, or I've got Mushu. Was that his name? Mushu. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mushu and Lee. Dragon. Uh, <laughs> my name is Dragon. Of the West. Of the West. Of the West. So it's hyphenated. Um, It's the first time I remember watching it, it struck me as like an odd way to end back in the tea shop. Uh, But, you know, the more like watching it this time um, through a slightly older set of eyes, hopefully a more wise set of eyes, wiser. I said more wise. It's not a thing. Wiser set of eyes. Um, I like that it it, like kind of harkens back to where Iroh and Zuko had previously maybe been as close to fulfilled as they had been up to that point. And then you could maybe say something somewhat similar about Team Avatar too. Like before Aang almost died and and shit really hit the fan, like they were on a clear mission at this point. Um, They were at full strength as a team getting after they had Appa back. So I I like how it kind of harkens back to the previous place at which they were their, their most fulfilled or or most complete kind of yeah also i think it's um it's really poetic because it's it's them all humbling themselves right they're back in boston say in a small tea shop there's no like huge celebration going on people adoring them and everything it's just them it's very small it's intimate um also you see suko serving tea to everybody something that's very humble to do he's the fire lord like he's fire lords aren't supposed to serve tea to everybody but he's much less in the earth king in the earth kingdom <laughs> Yeah, um, and then and Saka has the the comedy there. That's like he's drawing, drawing them all, um, which is it's a cute little little moment. Like I wanted to have a, a picture to just <laughs> uh, to show the good times, <laughs> and then it's just terrible drawings I, from Saka. I would honestly hang hangs like Saka drawings up in frames in my room as a form of like art comedy. I would hang this. Yeah. Like nice yeah, fancy so. high end frames. <laughs> so, uh, what do you say? You ready to get to some some ratings? Uh, some, well, we didn't end game? on the, the the highest note, Sean. Oh this yeah. Is... Well, whatever. It's some mushy stuff. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> Ang Ang goes out because uh, I kind of like how Ang just leaves the party just to go contemplate, and Katara joins him. I gotta go do some then... thinking about stuff. Middle distance stairs, you know, <laughs> Avatar stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Um, they hug. 
and I like how this is a great misdirection because you might think like, oh, they just ended with a hug, and then it keeps going, and then uh, it's really fun to hear Brian might talk about this moment because you can tell that they they're big contained shippers because that's what they did. Um, but so they they hug, and then they close on each other, and Katara is the one who initiates the kiss to show that she is ready. Aang was Aang was not forceful at all in, in this situation. And they told the animators over in Korea was like, "Guy, this is a very deep, long kiss." They're like, "I think it's too deep." And Brian and Michael's like, "No, no, it's good. It's fine." <laughs> I, I I'm, I'm a huge Katang shipper because that's the the right way in my mind. Uh, but this is still one of those moments that I just I gotta be honest, I don't even need it. They could have cut it off right in the tea shop, and I would have been every bit as content. Uh, I'd have still like held fast in in my thoughts and, and beliefs, but yeah, this is mushy stuff. Whatever, like it's it's fine. I just I don't need it. It's good yeah, kiss like though. It. It's, it's... Um. Oh, and and um. Oh, and the, and the Cave of Two Lovers songs plays right <laughs> there also. Just yeah. a little um, call back to when they first. Might have kissed. Not the so secret really, tunnel really song, but the other Cave of Two Lovers yeah, yeah, not... song. It's not like <laughs> a hippie in the background movie. strumming a shitty ukulele. Secret tunnel. Although if I would um, remake a comedy version of the show, that's where I would, that's where I'd put that. Yeah. Uh, we also skipped over that real quick. That uh, Zuko went to go visit his um, father in, oh, in prison. Yeah. 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 Okay. So this yeah. to me is way more important than, than the kiss for sure. Cause this gives you, I think so. Yeah. This gives you something. Yeah. And I think it's one of the ones, one of the, this might be one of the uh, scenes that they added in to, to add, to uh, make the episode breathe a little bit more. Um, and also I was like, lucky me, the new father Lord has graced me with his presence. And then I love how this goes like, you're lucky that Avatar didn't take your life. <laughs> and pretty much how like banishment was the best thing you could have done for me it set me on the right path hopefully your time in here can do the same I'm just like mm. <laughs> and uh, he's like I just want to know one thing where is my mother <laughs> and uh, that just lets you know that he's still thinking about her I I don't I don't say I hope he died because I don't hope people die other than normally uh, in the way that everybody dies, but I hope Ozai died in, in like a mediocre prison fight. I think he's just, I think he's in solitary confinement the rest of his life. Oh, that's all. To me, you don't, to me, you don't run the risk until he's like 60. So then he's nine, a 60 year old man 70. and he doesn't have his bending, and then I'm like, you know what, we could probably throw him in with the other, we could throw yeah, him on the boiling you know rock, like you can't hurt anything on there. To me, that might not even be good either because old people in Avatar are very resourceful. So maybe when Fair. he's on his deathbed, when he's 90 years old, he can finally come out into general population. Just just put him a couple days in the Boiling Rock and let him pick some fights with some angry former war prisoners or something. Yeah. Just try or, to stay hot. Or he's locked up in like the southern or the, the northern water tribe. But I'm sure they didn't move him anywhere. I'm sure Zuko wants to have a a uh, close eye on him. There. I'm sure he's... Well, and I think you've typed the comics uh, expand upon this, but I'm sure he still has, like, loyal... a loyal following yes. to an extent, so... Yeah. More like protection yeah. from from 
outside influence. Yeah, a barrier. Uh, but yeah, that is that is Avatar: The Last Airbender, greatest show of all time. Yeah, well, and and as evidenced by our inability to to say the story in the correct order, there's a lot of there's a lot a lot a lot a lot of of, of loose ends that get tied up, and I mean that as a high high compliment. It's like there is no nothing important, no important stone was left unturned, and that's really. Really comfortable. A lot of closure. I like that. Yeah. Let's get. Let's do some ratings. ratings. Let's do this thing. I've not told you my ratings yet, as I usually do, because I want to keep, keep it keep uh, close to the vest. Well, jokes on you. Now you can't from. look at the PowerPoint to see what they are, so you have to remember them. Uh, that's okay, because <laughs> <laughs> audiovisual. This, this, of course, gets a ten. I've been talking about the freaking sound design a lot i rarely ever just talk about the sound design but everything else was great as well you've talked um, about sound and... clips specific ones <laughs> that's a big yeah. deal and yeah it, it gets a 10 without a doubt mm-hmm. um so much great visual storytelling especially with the with the um zuko and azula fight the or the white lotus stuff all that is really good that gets a 10 story I mean, gosh, even from the old Masters episode with Zuko and Ariel's uh, reuniting, that alone gets this uh, to be a, a freaking 10. And then this is a great, it's a great finale. Um, it, it wraps up, like you say, wraps up everything. This is the perfect, I think this is the perfect finale you want. Um, you know, there's conflict in there. Characters go through a lot. Um, story story arcs are are wrapped up appropriately um this is the end of an epic tale so yeah story definitely gets a 10 memorable without a doubt this gets a 10 as well and to me from all the all the shows that i've loved in my life <laughs> or shows that i've just watched this is still the best finale i have watched um, second best would be the Scrubs finale, the first one. Not the they went. They had a season nine, which I don't even count as Scrubs because it really was technically a different show, even though it had some of the same characters. Not important. Season eight finale of Scrubs is amazing. I really loved it. I just rewatched it a couple weeks ago. It's still that's such old. a that's dramatic. Still... Uh, that's such a dramatic change of of show type from Avatar that it's funny to hear you say <laughs> that. But that's another bad thing. Nothing against Scrubs. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this is this is the best finale for me. Like, yeah, it's, it's it's freaking perfect. So yeah, so whatever score, really easy to get for me is a ten, straight ten. It's easy to manage. Uh, Audio visual ten. Same reasons they went into. It seems like they went into more detail. Um, seems like every movement had a purpose, and doing that across uh, eighty minutes of, of television, ninety minutes almost is is no small feat it's a movie it, i'll say it a thousand times it's a movie story 10 they wrap up so many loose ends not a case where things are over explained or that they feel like they have to put the exact logic or reason to every piece to the point of ruining some of the charm uh, but just all the important storylines are tied up in a perfect way um okay memorable i did give a nine and i just i didn't know where else to put it but i i had to knock it somewhere for like it, it did have it had an advantage that no other episodes had had four episodes to tell this really, really big epic story. It's not a knock so much as when I think back and I was like I absolutely cannot remember what happens in what episode, 
Um, even some of the episodes leading up to the finale bleed into it. It's not a bad thing. It's still nine. It's amazing. It's, it's the greatest finale I've ever seen for sure. And so that's a nine point seven. You average that with yours. That's a nine point eight five. That's a nine point nine. Yeah. This is a pretty good, pretty good piece of television, in in my humble, <laughs> humble opinion. And and that's all she wrote. That's a, that's our finale. For a week, no. Uh, yeah, for a week. Yeah, we have. Please stay tuned. We will continue. <laughs> well, yes, yes. We have plenty of of one off episodes, and we'll be <clears throat> getting into some of the comic books, and then of course we'll be getting into Legend of Korra, and by the time all that is done, we'll be getting into the Netflix show. So we probably have like another good, uh, forever worse of of material to talk about Avatar with at least four years i'm guessing there's a good chance that that after that that uh I, I i know that the dragon prince is is very like polarizing uh but i i absolutely love that show it's like what bother me to talk about these creators other works i love futurama let's just pick we'll just go on creator tangents now um the 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 next few weeks will be be a little uh maybe erratic in the type of stuff we post you're you're having a baby it's it's almost Memorial Day weekend. That'll play a factor for me, I think. Um, I've got some client meetings coming up. So we've got some pre-recorded stuff that we'll put out. And then we will attempt to do something with comics. We haven't really discussed what we're going to do with the comics yet. I think my goal is to... I think there's, like, YouTube... Um, I don't know what you want to call them. Like, essentially, YouTube audiobook reads of the comics where I can kind of watch and have them and have them read out loud. So I'll probably try to do that in the next few weeks. And then we'll go to Korra. And then, you know, I would like to think that the live action show will be out before we're done with Korra. And I don't know what we'll do there. I'm not, I sure, not sure how about it. But I would I mean, like to think that it will be out before that time. Uh, it should be. There's like 50 episodes of Korra. That's a whole... That's a year right there. Year. So. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know how it balance that, but that's, uh, that's the future. Uh, alternate back and forth. Whatever, it doesn't matter. But in in the meantime, it'll be a little erratic in what we post, but we'll get something up every week. I think the weekly show has gotten really nice response, at least in the form of consistent viewership. So we'll put something up every week. But uh, until until that time, Chris, thanks for joining me. Good luck with the whole new baby thing. I hear that's pretty cool. And um, I, 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 it's just what I hear. And... <laughs> My name is Sean Taylor. That's uh, Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek on YouTube and Twitter. Go check us out on Instagram and Twitter. It's last underscore podcasters. Should be great underscore divide, but whatever. Last underscore podcasters. And then Facebook.com slash Avatar The Last Podcasters. Hit us up with your, your, your show ideas. We've been doing what ifs. So if you have interesting what if scenarios, we've already pre-recorded a few of those. And that might act as they're kind of good, slightly shorter filler episodes so we appreciate those and they always inspire good conversation so let us know your thoughts let us know your thoughts on the finale um i'm sure we'll have some ranking videos as well until that time thank you so much for joining us go enjoy avatar the last airbender on netflix and we will talk to you soon thank you guys see you later